with your host, Stephanie Arnold. Hi, and welcome to the show, Jeff Leitzinger. Would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners? Happy to do so. My name is Jeff Leitzinger. I'm an economist. I have been doing economic research and consulting for 30, almost 40 years now. And I was I am the founder of Econ One Research. Great. Before we get into what you're here to talk to us about, we always like to start with an icebreaker question. So Jeff, what is your favorite holiday activity? I think my favorite activity around the holidays is the holiday dinners, whether it be Thanksgiving, Christmas, getting a family together and telling bad stories on each other. <laughs> bad stories. Well, that's good. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, I like the meals as well. Jeff, I understand that you are here to talk to us about an article you wrote on statistical significance in antitrust litigation. Would you tell us how you came to write this article? Sure. There has been, in the last oh, half dozen years or more, an increasing use of statistical evidence in litigation generally, and particularly in antitrust cases. Along with that is an emerging debate about whether the presence of statistical significance in a set of statistical results should be a requirement for the use and admissibility of such evidence. What is statistical significance? Statistical significance measures the strength of a statistical result. In other words, the uncertainty around the estimated outcome. In particular, it refers to the likelihood that the result, and the result I'm talking about is a finding that two outcomes are related to one another statistically, that that result could simply have been the product of random chance and, and not a true existing relationship. I want to take this just one step further. In the academic and scientific literature, certain levels of statistical significance are considered thresholds that one needs to meet in order to prove the existence of the underlying relationship. Those thresholds are known and, and described as conventional statistical significance thresholds. What prompted you to write this article about statistical significance? Well, the purpose of the article is to discuss how one should think about the role of statistical significance, and in particular, conventional statistical significance thresholds mm -hmm. in antitrust cases, how one should use them, and most importantly, how not to misuse them. Jeff, in your opinion, what are the big issues that need to be understood to avoid misuse? The first issue is the distinction between proof and measurement. Statistics are used in antitrust analysis sometimes as part of the proof of cause and effect. For instance, proof that the behavior that's being challenged in the antitrust case did indeed cause higher prices. But statistical analysis is also used to measure the size of an effect, an effect which is already known to exist. Another example, for instance, the parties have stipulated, uh, that is agreed, to the existence of price-fixing activity. The question for the statistical analysis is how big was the resulting overcharge? Conventional statistical significant thresholds aren't relevant to measurement. They, as I described before, are relevant to proving the existence of a relationship. 
And because proof of the underlying relationship is not the issue when it comes simply to measuring its effects, conventional statistical significance really doesn't play a role. The second issue here is that even when proof of cause and effect is the issue, um, proof often is, not a, is a accomplished using evidence in addition to the statistical evidence. Proof might also rest with evidence from documents, deposition testimony, and other non-statistical evidence. So while conventional thresholds might be important, if statistical analysis is the sole means of proof, it's not necessary in order for statistical results to be used along with other types of evidence in order to prove cause and effect. Is that why there is an, a need to distinguish statistically significant from meaningful or useful? Yes, I think understanding the different role that statistical analysis can play in a case proof versus measurement, highlights the distinction or, or gives rise to this distinction between statistical significance on the one hand, which is really a proof issue, and, and evidence that is meaningful or useful on the other, which is just about measurement. Again, another an example might help. If, if one were looking to measure the size of damages in, a, in an antitrust matter, the impact on prices, and one obtains a statistical estimate of that effect, it's useful to have that estimate, and it's a piece of information about what the damages would be, um, even if it turns out that the estimate itself is not significant by conventional standards. Um, so it's meaningful, it's useful evidence, even though it may not be statistically significant in the normal sense of that uh, term. Wouldn't a broad requirement for conventional levels of statistical significance be helpful in reducing the likelihood of misplaced antitrust liability? Well, I think yes, of course it would, because a requirement for conventional levels of statistical significance would, at the end of the day, screen out lots of evidence that would, by virtue of that requirement, wouldn't be usable anymore. And as a result, any number of antitrust cases would end up failing simply for lack of the necessary proof. And as among those cases that failed, certainly would be some that were probably misplaced to begin with. Um, but that's not the whole story. The problem, of course, is that a, a high proof requirement kind of proof requirement that statistical significance thresholds would create would also serve likelihood to discourage some valid antitrust cases. And as a result, you'd end up in a situation where there were antitrust violators who went effectively unpunished. And, and so as a result, you have this balancing that goes on in deciding what standards to use, tougher standards, um, mean fewer misplaced cases, but they also mean uh, fewer appropriate antitrust findings. And so it's, it's, there, there's not a clear, a clear case to be made in that regard for tougher thresholds. You wrote also in your paper that statistical evidence and its significance needs to be evaluated in the context of other evidence. How 
has doing this or say not doing this affected litigation in your opinion? I've seen two things happen in my experience where a court has been persuaded that conventional levels of statistical significance uh, should be a requirement for using statistical data. Results which represent useful and meaningful evidence about what has happened in the case are excluded. And so um, what would otherwise have been important information is kept out of the case. The other thing that has happened is that when one follows, when one adopts a conventional statistical significance threshold as a standard, it, takes, it tends to take on an aura of authoritativeness. Hmm. And then what happens is the statistical evidence and its conclusions, by virtue of meeting this magic threshold, <laughs> tend to be treated as superior to all the other evidence in the case. And, and in a way then take control of the outcome in ways that I don't think are valid. That sounds frustrating. It can be. It, it can be. I know a lot of people get confused over the meaning and implications of statistics. Do you have any thoughts for the deciders in the courtrooms, the judges and the juries, on how they should approach statistics? Yes, I do. Um, statistics at, at the end is just a formalized set of rules for using and understanding data. And in that regard, statistics provides various measures of the strength of data outcomes, such as statistical significance, which we've been talking about. There are others, correlation coefficients, a whole list of things that uh, all fall under the heading of statistics. And it's interesting. As our society has become more data-oriented, there is an ongoing push to resolve all kinds of questions we face in an objective, data-driven way. And in that regard, I think courts are no different. They are always looking for objective standards that can be used to resolve economic issues in litigation. In that regard, statistical significance is but one example of, of a temptation to adopt what would appear to be an, a great objective data-driven threshold. Understanding the, the value of such thresholds to deciding litigation, it makes litigation more predictable, it allows the parties to understand better what's likely to happen. The thing we don't want to do with those kind of objective rules is sacrifice the integrity of the process. And in my view, I think what judges and juries should do is, is resist the temptation to fall behind what seem like nice, easy standards and instead look more broadly at the data, look at what the outcomes are, look at its statistical strength, look at the rest of the evidence, and take all that into account in a more holistic way in trying to decide what the right answer is. Thank you for sharing with us today. Jeff, I always wrap up with the same question. What is your favorite part about being an economist? I think the favorite part about it is um, economics provides a, a framework for organizing and understanding information. And the most fun I have as an economist is when I am able to bring that framework to a problem 
that somebody who's not an economist is struggling with and, and sort of see the light go on where, where they say, aha, I, I, I see that. I understand now in a different way how to think about that. Um, and and that's, a, that's a powerful thing when, when we're able to do that. That's what makes us fun. Great. Thank you. And again, thank you for being here. And if you'd like to learn more about Jeff Leisinger, head to our website at www.econone.com. Thank you for joining us on Inside Expert. Inside Expert.